Okay, good morning. Today's class is Lunishma Yachmel Daniel Ben Gedalia and Lunishma Tzion Ben Neymar, Rufo Shalema Chana Batadel, Rufo Shalema Tzion Ben Neymar, Rufo Shalema Daniel Ben Sarur, Rufo Shalema Ben Yavne, Success in Yashamayim, Rufo Shalema Noah, Gadiel Ben Yisheva, Shevon Yisheva, Reina Malkov Tavavashin, Gadiel Ben Yisheva, Vizrat Hashem, God willing, May 3rd and May 4th in LA, May 17th in, in, um, in Manhattan, and Tuesday night's class, we're going to have a Q&A in, on Instagram. Okay, today's class. Oh, by the way, we, we, we just, we're going to post a video of the two-and-a-half-hour class I did at 9.30 at night, which ended at 12 o'clock. And somehow, miraculously, I can give another class, which is, I don't know how that happened. Um, but it was a really, really great class. Most of the class was Q&A. Um, and I just, obviously, you know, from the questions itself, you could see the answers. And I just want to give a class today just to reaffirm something where I see people are really, really struggling. And a lot of the questions were, de- were definitely, um, you know, I have this person in my life, that person in my life, this situation. A lot of the messengers are not, not focusing on the message. That was one of the big aha moments. Nobody's really looking at the message. What is God doing for me in the process? And the second one, completely people are just trying to avoid the process. <laughs> they just completely want to avoid the process at all costs. And this is something obviously... I could tell you that one of the greatest, there's the most success I've had in my life where, where I've, I've just loved the process. I've been addicted to the process. Believe it or not, it took me really six to seven years for me to be really, really profitable in my rehab, in my facility. The first couple of years, learning, getting smacked in the face. After the seventh year, sixth to seventh year, things started blossoming. And the way we should treat anything in our lives should be the following. You plant a tree and get out of the way. Plant a seed and get out of the way. It's going to grow. Sometimes it grows really quick. Sometimes it takes time to grow. But you need to be so obsessed with the process. And that is the key to everything. Because if you're obsessed with the process, and you're not, then, then that's it. You, you're literally coming to your creator and fulfilling. We're going to talk about exactly that concept today. But once we're chasing the prize, or our happiness is based on the prize, then we lo- we've lost. We've completely lost. And a lot of the things that... The questions were definitely that, that, the, the concept, running away from the process, just give me the quick thing so I can fix the price. It's not, it doesn't work like that. By the way, also, if you're on Spotify, please rate the show. It helps. Um, you know, the more ratings, obviously, the more people can recognize the show, the more doubt we can have, the more people get married, the more peace there'll be, more mercy, etc. So let's talk about this great book. We're going to take a book, Living in the Presence, and we're going to take uh, by... Uh, by Benjamin Epstein. Again, this is another book, Reclaiming the Self, Dove Bear Pinson, Phenomenal Self, on two things. So again, once we recognize, for example, an addict would see, if he doesn't see that the whole process of him going through rehab is for him to have a spiritual awakening, then he gets, once he gets the process and he's grateful for the process, he gets the awareness. And then that awareness calms him down. But if you don't get the awareness and you feel like you're being punished or you feel like you're going through, you're being, your creator's, uh, you know, giving you a bad deal in life, then you're not getting the process. And all you want to do is get out of the prize and you miss everything. So when we run after the prize, we, we, not only do we not get the process, but we don't get the prize. See the problem? You get nothing. You get nothing but emptiness. And, and, and like uh, Gabriel Matta has a great book, In the Realm of Hungry Ghost, how everybody's chasing like things that will never be satisfied. This is what we're going to a little bit about talking about it today. today. You have to recognize that. The more you, and, the, and Kabbalistically, again, the, more, the same thing. 
the more you look for something, the more it runs away from you. Like the more you run after money, the more run, money runs away from you. The more you run after love, the more love runs away from you. It's pretty much the opposite. Like you have to attract it, not run after it. And by you attract everything in life when you, when you are besimcha. That's it. That's it. And, you know, I gave the analogy, you know, sometimes you, you're at a mall, you see a lot of busy people there, right? The mall's packed, but nobody's holding any bags. What does that mean? Nothing. It means nothing. You got to, at the end of the day, we got to close these transactions. We're going to realize what's causing us not to, not to close the transactions. Don't forget, we are mimicking the problem in Egypt, which is a kotzer ruach, which is a shortness of patience. Nobody has patience anymore. And they don't want to wait. They don't want to go through the process. They don't want to wake up every single day and pray. But because of the agitation and the time element, like we said yesterday, we, get, we constantly sabotage ourselves because we have fear. And then Rabbi says, when you have fear, you're going to make a mistake. Very, very important. So he's saying here, the inability to reside in the present moment, along with the concurrent feelings of alienation, begin at the time of creation. The Bible relates that on the third day of creation, God commanded the earth to bring forth a tree fruit. We said this before. Trees of fruit, producing fruit. The sages explained that God did not mean, mean to intend that the wood of the food-bearing tree should possess... That God intended that the food, fruit, fruit-bearing fruit tree, the tr- tree and the fruit, tasted the same. Remember, the fruit and the tree tasted the same. It should make no difference whether if you want to become rich, you should feel rich right now. If you want to be married, you should feel so in love right now with yourself that everything's great, that the marriage just comes. It just doesn't, it's, there's nothing that's going to make you so much more excited because you are already so excited. Do you understand? If I'm already excited, like it's already there, then, then if I, even if I, I get it or not, it's already, the feeling's already there. But when we're waiting on a feeling, then we are separating the tree from the fruit. What he's saying here, God's original intent was that a person should strive to attain a goal that he would gain the same pleasure from the means, the tree, and the, and the goal, the fruit. God's intention, that the, whatever you're going through today, you should have the same pleasure as the process that you should get at the end, the end goal. You should be so happy with the, with the process of, of, of the engagement than marriage. You should be so processed that you never want to make your happiness dependent upon something. Because then you're finished. You're, you're running, and once you're running, you're running nowhere. However, because of the earth's miscalculation, we do not automatically experience the joy of accomplishment in every step of a process. The desire to reach the goal consumes us to such a degree that we're not able to, able to derive pleasure and meaning from the process of the small thing. This is another problem today. Again, pornography. All of this. You can't even enjoy. A person, God forbid, he puts his mind in there. He can't even enjoy a simple date. He can't even enjoy small things because he's so used to such a crazy amount of dopamine. But we know we hit dopamine in the process. Our creator says, as you, go, you hit a goal, through the goal, through the process of hitting a goal, your brain releases dopamine. So you could see happiness really comes to you scientifically by hitting a goal, by, by just the process itself gives you the, the dopamine. Even when a person says 10 things on a checklist and he checks each one of them off, that creates dopamine. You feel accomplished. Ironically, what he's saying here, after a person achieves a goal, he may feel empty as before. Adam was guilty of the same exact sin. He separated the fruit from the tree. This too is an expression of differentiating the journey from the destination. Every single time, we know one of Adam's sin was what? 
he sinned, he had relations with Chava on Friday night and he should have waited for Shabbat. Again, instant gratification. Should have waited for Shabbat. If he would have waited for Shabbat, it wouldn't have happened, or sages say, but he took, the, took it before its hand. When you're waiting, get way to get to, way to get physical when you get married. No, I want to get physical now. Boom, there you go. It's the same concept. Every single time we are suffering today is because we want to take something, Rabbi Nachman refers it to, unripe fruits. You're trying to take something before it's ripe. Because you're not, you're, you're, you do not want to go through the process and just like anything else, a mother could be, a, a child could be in a, in a mother's womb. If she sits there and says, I can't have, get this baby out in six months, the baby could die, God forbid. You have to develop something. I can't tell you enough how important that is. Every single time that we do this, every single time you're running from this, just like Adam was guilty of this, this is exactly the same thing. When you're separating the journey by, by, from the journey to the destination, the means to the end, every single time you're doing this, you're reenacting God, your, the original sin, which is a deviated from the path that God intends for you. You understand? Every single time that I'm not enjoying the process and complaining about the process, rushing the process, not looking inward but looking outwards, every single time I'm doing that, I'm basically reenacting the sin of Adam and Eve, which is a mind-blowing concept. And this is why there's not, at the end of the day, once you get it, you get nothing but shame out of it. You get nothing. And you thought that was the solution. Tony Robbins talks many times about people that plateaued and they were miserable at the end of the day. It's because success without fulfillment is not going to be enough. Success without fulfillment is not enough. You could be very rich but have no fulfillment. It's not going to mean nothing. You need fulfillment. You need purpose in life. You need meaning, etc. Because Adam removed the fruit from the tree... God cursed him with death. It was not a physical death. I, uh, evidently, he didn't die. But it was a, it was a death that he, he now needed. He was no longer connected to the tree. The moment an individual believes that he can only feel joy when the final goal, he's no longer living. He's dead. You're dead, God forbid. Yes, you're alive, but you're not living because your whole life is always an anxiety. When is this going to happen? When is that going to happen? You always wake up like a lack with a pauper. You wake up with nothing but lack. You're dissatisfied. You're depressed. Nothing makes you happy but the end goal. And then all you're doing is running after that. And you know what's going to happen? Because you don't get the process, you're never going to get it. And you're going to all of a sudden fear and depression. And you can see how much depression and anxiety are riddled today. How much depression and anxiety are people going? Because they're going after hungry ghosts. People wake up in Miami. Oh, I don't have this. I don't have this watch. I don't have that car. I have the car. I have the watch. And I'm telling you, none of that is going to make you happy. It's fulfillment. It's fulfillment. It's being spiritual. And then things come to you that you would never imagine. Bottom line is, when you feel abundant, like I said this a thousand times, and you feel already, Hashem gives you a challenge in your area, and you already are so obsessed with the gratitude that God, that you're waking up in the morning, you say, creator of the world, Thank you for not, not, for not being married. Thank you for learning. Thank you for encouraging my Thank you for the struggle in my business. Thank you for the process. You're enlarging my vessel. Because clearly if I took it now, it would, be, it, would be unri- it would be unripe. And then it would ultimately hurt me. Thank you for the love that you're constantly doing everything for me. You would not walk around so defeated when you're, going, when you're on a date. You would never walk around so defeated in business. You, the, your energy of defeat 
is coming because you, you think you're in the situation permanently, you're waiting for something to happen, and that itself is, 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 this, is the depression and sadness that we're dealing with today, and that does not attract nothing but more problems. Extremely important to understand that. That is not a new concept. It's not a new age concept. Trust the process versus rush the process. This is back to Adam and Eve, my friend. This is not a new Baba Maisa. It's not a new age book. This is a fruit bearing tree. This is nothing else in the sun. That means when you're going through a situation, whether it's this or that or this. I would tell you my wife, before she had three kids in two years, she had two miscarriages, tremendous difficulties having birth. But now you see the kids. You, you see that this is what, look, look at all the pain. Look what, it, look what, you know, when I walk around with my three kids, it's the, the, the pleasure you get out of it. But I remember the, 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 the miscarriages. I remember the hard time. I remember the, all the difficulties she had. But that's the joy. You understand? But if, she, if we don't want to go through the process, then what happens? Oh, it's not for me. I'm quitting. It's not for me. I want it. And this is what happens today. People will get a little... Something doesn't go their way because they're so obsessed with the process. No, it's not for me. And they're, they're very, we're very fragile today in, in process of hitting goals. The, another reason why we're not manifesting, why you're not getting what you want, manifesting-wise, is because you're too, you're too busy on the end goal. You're so focused on the end goal and you, you don't get nothing when you hit the end goal. You're too busy on the end. For example, let's say I want to write a book. I have to start manifesting myself doing one page every single day Writing the book, one page. I can't manifest New York Times bestseller uh, book of this because that goal is not realistic. Because then what's going to get me to hit that goal is the work. But if so obsessed with the everyday picturing New York Times bestseller, whatever it is, I'm not writing that book. It's too out there. I need to do, the work is going to cause that thing to happen. So you need to manifest yourself doing one, like exactly what Reb Nachman said. Nachman says every single day he would imagine himself doing one page of this, one page of that, one page of this. He didn't sit there and, 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 and have a uh, manifestation session of him doing a, speaking in front of thousands of people in a shas. No, he, all he did was manifest the goal of the day. He broke it up in the goal of the day. And that's today too. We are such in la-la land that we, all we're doing is, is hitting the end goals putting these nice cars or houses on the end goals, and you don't know, what's going to get you there? It's work. Manifest the work. And then that is going to actually happen, because once you manifest the work, you do it, then that could work out. You see the difference? Science is also telling you, also, if people are trying to manifest themselves in a, in a beach body and this, okay, manifest yourself one day of clean eating. One day of going to the, putting a 45-minute workout in the gym. That's going to get you the, the shape you want to be in. But if you're just looking at pictures and of magazines and sitting there putting them on your whatever your board and, and visualizing this, that's not enough. That's not enough. This is this is what society, this millennial mindset today is. Oh, just picture it and then you'll have people talking to you. Oh manifest, manifest. They have no dot. It's no dot. Too much of an end goal and the gap is not realistic. And what do you think? You're not gonna have the willpower to do it. So what you should need to do is manifest. You want to get married? Manifest a good date. Don't manifest yourself at the chuppah. Manifest a good date. A date that things are going to go well, you have great conversation. Don't manifest the, 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 the chuppah yet. Because then what happens is if you over-manifest and something doesn't go your way, what's going to happen? No, it's not, see, it didn't work out. 
But when you're managing the day-to-day process and you expect situations, then that can work out. That is the difference of, of really hitting goals versus just being way, way, way too out there like most people are. And that is the process from the price. The process I can manifest day at a time versus over-manifesting. And you could see the questions. People are very defeated. And they're very defeated because they're just chasing the process. I get it. I would be defeated too. If I'm trying to lose 100 pounds and I put a, you know, I put a vision board on there and I see I'm only losing one pound, of course I'll be defeated. But if I only visualize myself losing two pounds in one week, that goal, I, I, can, I can have the willpower to hit that goal. The goals are way too out of line and they're not realistic. And this is only a reflection of society's weak, weak lack of patience, instant gratification, which leads to nothing but addictions because I'm not getting what I want. I might as well get it through somewhere else. And you could see, this is, I, could, I don't need to tell you to be a professor to tell you what's going on in society. And this is exactly what Doug Bear Pinson is saying. The, the problem is attempting to fill an internal emptiness with materialism will ultimately leave you with more delusion and more satisfa- satisfaction. That's what when I tell singles, when I tell people to get married, I was able to get married to my wife. That's it. It's, it was enough. I'm happy. It was enough. But the Yetzirah could lead you in a whole different direction. We have too much, this, this society today has a FOMO problem. Fear of missing out. You see the problem? Lack of decision-making, fear of missing out, nothing's good enough, and then at the end of the day, we get nothing. And then we feel worse. So start manifesting one day at a time, and also, stop running for happiness. Become it. You become it by hitting small goals, by having meaning in your life, and stop chasing things. You shouldn't be, when a, when a person's chasing things, it shouldn't make you happy. It should say, this guy is going to go on a dead end. There's no question there's a dead end after every chase. Promise you. Just come to my rehab center and see. Every, every chase has a dead end, which is called shame and emptiness at the end of the day. So what he's saying here, the more we attempt to fill ourselves the emptier we, are, we feel. This is because through fulfillment of desire, our vessels of desires expand. As the vessel expands, so does the feeling of needing or yearning along with the sense of one's appetite is quenched. The paradox is, if we attempt to solve a, a sense of lack by anything else but personal transformation, the solution will only be temporary. Period. We, we learned this from Nadav Avihu. They, they tried to get things too fast. Too much zealousness, what did they do? Not only did they not get close to God, but they died. This is another. Too much passion, too, too much. At the end of the day, you get nothing. They died at the end of the day. We often chase goals in anticipation that it's going to give happiness, wholeness, or peace. The greatest peace that you're going to have in your life is when you are in the moment. That is the peace. And this is one moment, and then another moment's going to come right now. And then there's another moment. The more you live in the moment, you are no longer chasing anything. That is the ultimate satisfaction in life when you're living in the moment. Because if any time I'm waiting on a condition to change, I'm done. I'm done already. This is why we don't want to focus so much on fixing the problem. Why Rabbi Rush is constantly telling us, thank you for your challenges, thank, thank you for your problems. Because he wants you to get you in the, in to recognize, to get you in the process of, of because of that situation, you became much more grateful. You understand? Because of that situation, that problem that you had in your life, now you have a new connection to God and you became much more grateful to Him because of that problem. And that 
situation just got you to be more grateful. And because you're more grateful, you're going to end up attracting more things in your life. So we get lax in our life so we can come closer to our creator, but we don't want to wait just for the end goal. The end goal causes fear, it causes panic, it causes nothing but chasing. And there's no way you can put a smile on your face if you're chasing. So when you start recognizing, this is why I strongly recommend you're going to date people, date spiritual people. Because otherwise, all you're doing is running with them. (laughs) All you're doing is running. Running after, running after infatuation. Running after romance, running after this, running after that. The end of the day, the more you run after, the more you run, for example, the more you run to be respected, the less people want to have anything to do with you because you become very needy. The more you want to be liked, the more people, the less want people to hang out with you. Again, opposite. It's the opposite. It's exactly the opposite. What you're actually running after, the more you want to have relations with somebody, the less they want to have relations with you. It's exactly the opposite. How do you like that one? What you're actually, the desire is actually causing you not to get it. The Gemara says, if you put your eyes on what's not yours, not only do you not get what you don't seek, what you seek, you don't get, but what you do have, you lose. Again, the Gemara says, if you put your eyes on what is not yours, because remember what happens. When you don't get what you want, when you're depressed or you're sad, what do you think you're doing? Now you're, now you're looking at other people's stuff. How is, why is he getting it? So now, you, now you have, you're in two bad lanes. One lane, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. And now you're in another person's lane, asking why he, should, why he has that. So now, now you're playing God, and you're in the wrong business. So now that causes jealousy. And that jealousy not, does nothing but create more and more problems in your life. And we have such a problem today with envy. You see the problem today? The, there's so much envy in Ayn Hara, and people are worried about this. It's be, because this problem. They're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. If they were doing what they would be happy. And now, because you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, now I have, you have to go bash that person. It's like a guy doesn't want to work out at the gym, but he wants to go to the gym and tell this guy, oh, you're not doing your shoulders right. You're not doing this right. Like, go work out, and then, then you won't need to talk, talk to anybody. And the more you are fulfilled in your own process, the less likely you will criticize, judge people. You'll only love them. Because you'll recognize the hard work you have. But the opposite is true. The opposite is true. The, more, the, lack, the more, less you understand this, and remember, this comes from a lack of self... The, the, the origin of this issue is a lack of self-esteem. Because the more empty we feel inside, the more we need outside. It's pretty much. The more empty we feel inside, the more empty. This is why Yosef Atzadik merited such success. Because he was constantly happy with the process. He didn't get the... Mer- you know why he didn't get... He didn't, nobody could... There's, there, Gemara tells us that anybody who's a descendant of Yosef at Tzaddik, the evil eye cannot affect him. You know why? Because everything that he received, Yosef at Tzaddik, he was completely grateful and happy for. He took nothing for him. He was handsome, he was successful, it was all, he gave it to his creator. His creator gave him the success. He knew it was his creator. So nobody, no eye can, can affect it. But what happens is, when a person has low self-esteem, when he flaunts his things to other people, then... If, the, if he's doing it just because he needs attention to make up for, for the emptiness, then he can get the evil eye. See the difference? I can never get the evil eye if I feel completely abundant in my life and I know that everything's a gift from my Creator. Because at the end of the day, I'm just holding that possession. But the ones I start taking credit for that, 
or I start flashing whatever I have just because of I need the dopamine somehow or another. It's human to do that. But you'll recognize, the more you do that, you recognize at the end of the day, what am I doing at the end of the day? I need, if I don't get enough likes on a picture, or if I don't get enough this, my day's gone. <laughs> you could see how empty we are, but that's coming from low self-esteem. So this is when you increase self-esteem, you're not interested so much in validation, you work more internally, you, you're not even, you're in more into the process, but the, when you can't, this cannot be fixed if there's low self-esteem. Because low self-esteem is all about exterior validation and em- inner emptiness. And this is where I would start. You're having, if you have a problem with constant needing things, work on your self-esteem. Work on your self-esteem. That is the most important thing because you'll be happier. You're, you have more self-esteem, you're generally happier, you have a different perspective, and then you'll, you'll be able to attract things and be more patient. But with low self-esteem, no patience. All day long I need to prove to everybody who I am, and if I don't get that compliment or validation, etc., what's going to happen? I'm not going to get it. I'm going to end up sadder and sadder. And, and that becomes, unfortunately, the loop. So again, this doesn't just relate to your desires. This also relates to, to challenges also. Many times when we're going through a challenge, you don't want to go through the process of becoming. Remember, it's not what you get. It's who you become. It's not what you get out of the process. It's who you become. When God puts you through a, a process of real, real self-introspection, and he gives you toxic relationships, and he gives you letdowns. It changes you. It changes you. And that change itself, you would have never gotten it if you didn't go through that process. So let's not mimic the sin of Adam and Eve. Let's focus more on the process. Let's love the process. Let's stay in our lanes. Don't ever, don't ever give anybody want what everybody else have. Because if you want what they have, you have to be willing to take the whole package. See, people just want the highlights. That's the problem. People, they, they want what the other person, but they don't want to, they only want the, 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 the 10 minutes, 10 best plays on, on, on ESPN. They don't want the whole thing. Stay in your lane. It's the greatest way, because when you're not in your lane, you're definitely not going to attract anything. You're not, even what you have, you're going to lose. Second, obviously, be completely grateful. Grateful is, and thank you, God, for, thank Hashem for the process. Because it's very easy, remember, guys, it's very easy when you're not in a good state of mind, the first thing the Yetzirah is going to show you is the missing tile syndrome. He knows how you work. He knows exactly what you need. If you're heavy, all day long, you're going to see people that are skinny. If you can't have kids, all you're going to see is baby carriages. If you don't have any hair, all day long, you're going to see Fabios in the streets. Look, everybody's got hair. They look like a bunch of horses. And look at me, I'm the only bald guy here. It's exactly what the Yetzirah wants you to focus on. If you're not happy in your marriage, all day long you're going to see honeymooners everywhere. The Yetzirah is a specialist in blowing up what you don't have to get you depressed. That's exactly what his specialty is. Just show everybody what you don't have so you can focus on it, you can be miserable, and he's got you. And he's got you. And the way to break him and kill him is by gratitude, satisfaction. It's, you kill the Beit Why do you think every single time we say a bracha before we say food? Because every time I bless something, because food can make me depressed. If I eat the wrong way, food can make me depressed. But when I bless the food, anytime you're blessing something, it cannot harm you. So food we have to bless before and we have to bless afterwards. When we pray, every single, every single level of our tefillah there's, there's tremendous opposition. It's the blessed our Creator. 
Nachman said there's no greater way to clear the negativity in your life than through gratitude and blessing. You do that, you're grateful. I've seen people that are not so religious, but they're very grateful. They have such happier lives than some religious people who are completely miserable and not grateful. I'm going to tell you one last story that you're going to really like. There was a particular individual in my recovery center. He was complaining, complaining and complaining. Obviously, he didn't understand the process. His wife was telling him, listen, if you don't do this, I'm leaving you. So he was complaining always, complaining about everything. Everything was complaining. Obviously, there was an internal... And then all of a sudden, he started complaining about a specific... There was, we do 12-step meetings, but there's one tech who's very... Uh, he's a little bit... There's a little profanity. So he was complaining about the guy so much, and he's telling me, I didn't con- I'm more religious than these people. I don't have such a problem. Anytime people say, I don't have a problem, I only smoke marijuana, they smoke heroin, right away you're ready, the guy's <laughs> already in the wrong direction. He's not going to ever get the awareness. So all of a sudden, Baruch Hashem, I, we had a session with him, I finally got, broke him, and he started being grateful, he got, started getting awareness. And then the same guy he was judging, there was an incident, they were, they were on a, going back to the hotel, going back to our facility, and there was a particular individual in the street that had his pants down. Okay? Everybody was judging him. All the people in recovery were judging him. Oh, look at this guy with his pants down. Look, he's laughing at him. They got to the therapy center. They said, oh, can you believe that guy with, the, with, the, with, the, with his pants down? And then the, 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 the guy who's been recovered for 25 years, he says, I've been pr- I prayed for that guy for 25 minutes from the car ride to here. So this guy, the judgmental Jewish guy who thought he knew everything, he's more religious than everything, he basically was so shocked He's like, oh my God, this guy is more closer to God than I am. And to show you, do you see a guy sitting in the street with no pants? Do you pray for him? Do you, do you pray for him? See that the guy's really sick? We're, not, we're, not, we're so into ourselves. We think we're so much better than everybody ourselves. And I always told him, yes, you might be religious, but you have no spirituality. You have no spirituality. All that's coming out of you is judgmentalism. There's no way you can be closer to God. It's all nothing but judgment. Judgment and complaining. How could you have judgment and complaining and be closer to Hashem. God is completely the opposite. So just to show you a, a, a situation in our lives where, where we have to come sometimes to a rehab center to reignite our spirituality, what we thought, we we're so religious and this and this and this, but we must, sometimes we miss the whole picture. And I see that all the time, by the way. I almost laugh at it. So Hashem help us all, that we should all really, really connect to this and love the process. Enjoy your Hizbodidut every single morning. I don't care if you get answered, if you don't get answered. It's the fact that you are, you're taking your battles to your creator instead of taking your battles with people. That is more what I'm interested in. And that itself makes you into a more merciful and, and, and you're going to get the awareness that you're going to need. Have a great day.